What's good with you folks? This is Ray Davis coming to you with the truth. This is I Need a Mic podcast where I will be discussing mental health struggles I've paddled with just like you. Let's talk about the tagline I use is to say enough is enough. Give me my damn mic. I'm tired of the trauma I'm going through. Hey y'all, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Hope everybody's out there staying safe, being safe, as much safe as you can. I, 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 I can't stress this farther, far or further enough. Y'all just be careful out there, man. So today's episode is going to be a deep one. <laughs> it's going to be a deep one. And uh, the title of it is, uh, You Know Who You Are. And what I'm going to be discussing are talking about is the time I was in an uh, abusive relationship. Uh, it's also known as a intimate partner violence relationship, uh, aka IPV. So it, I'll have a poem as well with this episode specifically dedicated to this episode alone um and also educated facts about um intimate partner violence so it may take you to experience a life-changing moment for you to realize you grow to know yourself right and maybe that means you learn to grow higher and past your growth expectations. You know, so you think of all the things you would or wouldn't do. The things you would or wouldn't say. I heard the old saying, you never know what you would do until you're in that situation. Well, it took a 23-year-old young adult to experience that IPV relationship to truly understand what everything meant. It's crazy how life freaks you out while you think you are untouchable. Alright? So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the time life had figured me out as well as educated information about intimate partner violence known as IPV. I'm going to also explain and express my struggles as I had overcome an intimate partner violence relationship for a long time. For a long time. I was dreading this episode because I don't like to talk about relationships like how I used to. The reason why that is, is I've grown to understand the true meaning of not everyone can understand what you are experiencing in your life. In this episode, Or is this episode, I'm sorry, is this episode going to be all safe, uh, all self-lift opinions? No. It's going to be all about true hard facts about the same-sex relationships and how one individual first experienced the dangers of love. So, I'm going to get to the poem near the end of the episode um and it's it's gonna 
it's gonna fit all together with with what I'm gonna be talking about. So when I was a kid, first and foremost, let me say this: uh, this month is a uh, teen domestic violence awareness month. If y'all know any teenagers, or if any of your kids are God kids, nieces, nephews, little cousins, are in an abusive relationship, please help them and get out. Please help them to get out. It's crazy that young adults we experience this, but teens shouldn't have to experience as well when they're just starting their own life when they're just starting to know how they can get through life whether it's being alone or being with someone or being their true authentic self it's like it's hard for a teenager just to manage life like how we manage life so when I was a kid, I remember I was a lovable person. I felt love was like a drug very early on in my childhood. I was a straight up fiend. I was trying to get my fix wherever I could find it. On a day I thought I was in love. And I thought this so many times more than once but the day I thought I was in true truly in love I found it in a place I wasn't expecting online relationships were a recycled trend in the early years of 2000s so what I mean by that is I know online relationships was starting before the 2000s and I'm pretty sure it started right when everybody knew they could get a computer. <laughs> so I knew and I know this was like a recycled trend because it kept on happening and happening and happening. So what also keeps happening is not acknowledging the undetected and unexplained dangers about false love from online. I wish we all would have known about it before, right? I'm pretty sure we all thought that too. Like, man, I wish we all would have known the nonsense I was going to get into once I hit this person up online. Yeah. It's not like meeting a person face to face, like having them in your face 24-7, getting to know them in and out. So online could be a straight up profile picture, but in person, it's someone else. So I started to talk to a woman and things were good. Conversations had gotten interesting, attention was validated, but reasons and clarity were never explained. I could truly say that I lacked that acknowledgement. 
I truly lack that quality. But you will hear me say this a lot, whether it's in an episode, in this episode, or rather it's any other episodes. Never again. So, fast forward to the things I remember. Mm. <laughs> Let me go ahead and get into it. The things that I remember. So, the first sign of abuse is an emotional one. Within six months of this newfound relationship, I started to experience my first abuse encounter. At one point in that relationship, my ex wanted to start attending my junior college. I was happy and supportive to the positive decisions that my ex was making for herself. Behind her own intentional agenda, she did it because she felt like I wasn't giving her lots of my beginning relationship attention. We all know what that feels like, right? When you drop what it is that you're doing, who it is you're hanging out with, to go and attend a phone conversation, one part of that phone conversation you regret making, right? So when I was on the phone with her, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. So I was on the phone with her while I was hanging out with my friends. She wanted to help me phone hostage. I hated that. I felt like it was disrespectful to have someone on the phone with you if you're being distracted. So I tried to respectfully end our conversations with love and understanding. My attempt was shut down with emotional outbursts and jealous impressions. It's a lot of things that a lot of people recognized, but I couldn't see it. While she had made her decision to attend the same junior college, she intentionally wanted to keep eyes on me. Huge majority of the emotional abuse I was starting to experience was also mixed with lots of mental abuse. At a point in our relationship, my ex never progressed her insecurities in a way she could have earned self-esteem. So she had always thought that I was cheating on her or talking to other women because of how attractive looking I am. I wasn't doing too much of anything. I was, I mean, I'm not innocent either. Yes, I had a flirtatious bug. And to say that I was a flirt, yeah, I was a flirt. But... I wasn't pursuing no other relationship on top of my recent relationship or my present relationship. So I was really just being cool. I was being goofy. At that time, I thought that flirting was a way of cheering me up because I... I always wanted to see a smile on people's face. 
people always wanted to see me smile. I'm like, well, I want to see you smile. I will get into junior college another episode. So, but in junior college, I was known for having a free hug sign around my neck on campus every day and or every morning. (laughs) I remember the day my ex had met my friends. One of my friends was joking about my free hug sign and the excessive actions I was performing just to receive a hug. Because of this innocent joke, my ex insecurities never lowered down. So me and my ex had started conversations about her past. She expressed that her past wasn't a good one, and I understood that. She would only tell me things through a quote her mother had taught her. And I've heard this countless of times, and then I started to flip the script. I will only tell you things I want you to know, not what you need to know. I remember at one point she was opening up to me and I wanted her to, but I recognized that I had opened up to her mentally and emotionally more. So it sucks when you do the work, but the work can't come back to you. (laughs) Um, So I cannot recall the first time my ex hit me. All, All I can, all I can recall is there were some traumatic physical encounters from my ex and her brother. These are the moments I have forced myself to forget. When there were emotional and mental moments that had happened from all three individuals involved. Yes, I had my own moments, but they weren't as bad as I had experienced. So, fun facts. I don't know how the hell this is fun facts, y'all. But I got this information off online. (laughs) So, fun facts about intimate partner violence. So, what is intimate partner violence? Also known as IPV. Two women. Intimate partner violence... IPV is abuse or aggression that occurs in a romantic relationship. Intimate partners refer to both current or and former spouse of dating partners and dating partners. I'm sorry. Intimate partner refers to both current and former spouse and dating partners. IPV can vary how often it happens and how severe it is. It can range from one episode of violence that could have lasting impact to chronic and severe episodes over multiple years. IPV can include any of the following behaviors. Y'all take out your pants and pencils. 
pens, pencils, paper. Write this down. If y'all want to, of course, or use your phone, hey, it's all good. Whatever you want to use to take down this information, just take this down. Physical violence is when a person hurts or tries to hurt a partner by hitting, kicking, or using another type of physical force. Sexual violence is forcing or attempt tempting to force a partner to partake in a sex act, sexual touching, or a non-physical sexual event when a partner does not or cannot consent. Stalking is a pattern of repeated unwanted attention and contact by a partner that causes fear or concern for one own safety or the safety of someone else close to the victim. Psychological aggression is the use of verbal and nonverbal communication with the intent to harm a partner mentally and emotionally and or to extort control over a partner. About 41% of women and 26% of men experience contact sexual violence, physical violence, and or stalking of an intimate partner and reported an intimate partner violence related impact during their lifetime. Injury, PTSD, concern for safety, fear, needing help from law enforcement, and missing one day of work are common impacts reported. Over 61 million women and 53 million men have experienced psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime. That's a lot, right? That's a lot. So let's get to the fun part. (laughs) Get to the fun part of the episode. So I've wrote a poem specifically dedicated to this episode. Um, So the title of this poem is Intimate Partner Violence. I will explain it after I read it. So, let's talk about why it's hard for me to sleep. I go to bed early, but nightmares keep me from insomnia. I have to smoke just to find my mind some peace. The pain you had caused me has me so deep in a trance. I hate the thought of seeing your face again. I ran away from thoughts of you. I'd rather walk around than thinking about what to do. I don't want to think about the pain triggers over and over again. You changed things about me. I didn't want to look in a mirror. I found time to forgive me. I forget about you once I realized you couldn't handle real love like how you were supposed to. What causes you to be such a coward too? As you pull my dress, even cut some out, you could have been lying, but there's no way I could trust you now. 
you beat me so much. I wanted to take my own life until I got out. I saw you a couple of times, maybe a few, but none of that shit matters now. I can't say I hope or I wish. I don't feel sorry or anything involving you. Same shit. Just a different chick. Now I have trust issues back to back because of you tricks. <sighs> and that's um I hope I, I I hope that some of the poetry that I do recite you can relate to. You can feel and be like damn Ray went through it like me. That was my own version of intimate partner violence. Sometimes I feel good talking about this and sometimes I don't. I was dreading this because I didn't want I didn't want to like I I I I started to tell myself I don't want to involve I don't want my past to be involved into my future. But when it comes down to mental health, it's best for me to talk about the things that makes me feel sad, makes me feel angry, makes me fall out and cry myself to sleep, makes me smoke until I forget to put my sleep at mask on. It sucks just admitting it sucks just admitting the things that I do just to calm my own storm down. I I I wouldn't none of this would have never happened. Let's just say that I if my life was to flip, none of it would have never happened. A lot of things would have never happened. And if you have listened to other episodes, then you have heard my poem, our our last conversation. If I could go back through the hands of time, it wouldn't be for no relationship. It wouldn't be for a relationship. Man, I I every now and then I I I do talk about the things that wouldn't wouldn't happen. Sometimes sometimes people hear me, but they're not listening. Then sometimes people are listening, but they're not hearing me. So the reason for the title of this episode is to say through everything I went through I never came in the thought of abusing my ex the same way her family abused me I knew who I was deep down inside 
I had set personal morals for myself for romantic relationships specifically. I never laid hands on my partner. I never gave my partner any reasons to believe I don't love them. I will love my partner. I will support my partner. I will encourage my partner. I will cherish my partner. And I will value the good qualities of my partner. I know who I am. And always knew who I was. Uh, Let me go ahead and close this out with a close out quote. I don't know who said this, but whoever did, thank you. Some people are going to leave, but that's not the end of your story. That's the end of their part in your story. Let me say that again from somebody in the back, in the far back. Yeah, you in the back. Some people are going to leave, but that's not the end of your story. That's the end of their part in your story. So now you have heard me speak some truth. This is my way of passing the mic to you. I hope my courage, will, and drive motivate you. Y'all take care. Stay safe. And kiss them kids every day. Happy birthday to my oldest god baby. Hopefully one day you will listen to this and be like, man, Auntie Rachel was forever the truth. Keep that light shining, baby girl. Keep that light shining. Love you. Y'all take care.